Hello comrades, it's Rob Pine here. I am the champion of the underdog. Here at Champion of the Underdog, our goals are to share ways to survive, thrive and fight capitalism. Thank you for coming on board. Let's continue the journey. Hello comrades, it's Rob Pine here. Now you may be aware I'm a member of a socialist party in Australia called Socialist Alliance. <clears throat> We're not one of the major parties, but you may be interested in knowing more about us because we are growing and we will grow. There's a great article written in the Green Left Weekly by longtime member of Socialist Alliance, Peter Boyle. So I think he um, talks about the growth and development of Socialist Alliance, and I would like to share that with you. Socialist Alliance was founded 20 years ago, just before the beginning of a major political shift to the right. The might, this might appear to have been an unlikely time to begin a left regroupment project. However, it was founded after a series of developments heading in a different political trajectory. Globally, the anti-corporate globalisation movement was on the rise. A part of that rebellion against neoliberalism was the Latin American Pink Tide movement that followed the Chavista revolution in Venezuela. They challenged a decade of capitalist triumphalism. The idea that the market knows best had soured as people reacted to the pain and disruption caused by privatisation and deregulation. The most dramatic expression of this in Australia was the S11 blockade of the World Economic Forum held shamelessly in Melbourne's Crown Casino, inspired by the 1999 Battle of Seattle protests against the World Trade Organization. Activists spent months preparing for a mass blockade of the three-day summit. Around 20,000 anti-capitalist activists from across the country blockaded the talks, attended by more than 960 corporate chiefs and capitalist politicians. The huge turnout surprised both the ruling elite and the blockade organisers. Despite increasingly violent police attacks, the non-violent mass pickets at multiple entrances mostly held their ground. A powerful aspect of the S11 blockade was the support given by thousands of militant trade unionists who, led by construction and manufacturing unions, marched from Victorian Trades Hall to the blockades. After S11, there was speculation about a resurgence of the left. However, they did not factor in a new militant trade union current as part of this. The rank and file workers first emerged in the Victorian branch of the Australian Manufacturing Workers Union, the AMWU, in the late 1990s, determined to challenge the legal constraints on workers' solidarity in industrial disputes. This was one of the consequences of the enterprise bargaining system imposed by the Labor government in 1993 in the wake of the working class retreat orchestrated by the Australian Council of Trade Unions through the Prices and Incomes Accord. Workers' first militants in the AMWU also worked closely with the Construction, Forestry, Mining and Energy Union, the CFMEU, to build powerful mass pickets 
with the Maritime Union of Australia, the MUA, when they faced violent attempts to smash them in the 1998 lockouts. With several socialist, when several socialist groups decided to form Socialist Alliance in 2001, they attracted independent, working-class activists and militant trade union activists, including Craig Johnson from the Victorian AMWU and Chrissy Kane from the Western Australian MUA. Socialist Alliance was thus shaped both by the leftward momentum from global and local movements, as well as the new right-wing offensive that began to gain momentum in the second half of 2001. The John Howard-led federal government played to the deep-seated racism across all classes when he used Special Forces troops to board the Norwegian freighter MV Tampa, which had rescued 433 desperate asylum seekers from boats off Christmas Island in 2001. The scene was set for a bipartisan racist refugee policy, which has lasted. This was followed by the imperialist invasion of Afghanistan on October 7, sold as a necessary response to the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Governments globally began introducing increasingly repressive anti-terrorism laws and boosted the secret police, their powers and mass surveillance. Refugee rights. These events were eventually used by the ruling class to drive politics to the right. However, that took time, as there was a public reaction against the rise of racism and war, including high school student walkouts against Pauline Hanson in the late 1990s. Socialist Alliance divided into the campaigns for refugee rights and against the war in Afghanistan. There was hope that a section of Labor's base would jump ship after leader Kim Beasley shamefully stood shoulder to shoulder with the coalition on refugees and war. However, the coalition won the 2001 federal election and much of the anti-war and anti-racist vote went to the Greens, which nearly doubled its vote from 2.4% to 4.7%. Howard's 2001 win and Labor's capitulation did not, however, destroy the widespread anti-war sentiment, as shown by the huge, huge marches to stop the invasion of Iraq in 2003. As millions marched around the world, half a million turned out to one of the biggest protests in Sydney that February. After this failed attempt to stop the invasion in March, political demoralisation grew challenging anti-union laws. Socialist Alliance's early years had revealed more common ground and, at its national conference in 2003, it decided by a 75% majority vote to progress towards a united, multi-tendency socialist party. Some affiliated left groups disagreed and kept arguing strongly against it over the next few years. Following Howard's win in 2004, Socialist Alliance's next major focus was to assist a trade union fight back against the Howard government's proposed work choices anti-union laws. 
a national trade union fightback conference in June 2005, an initiative of militant union leaders in South Australia, attracted about 300 union militants. It also brought together a range of trade union leaders who had the weight to challenge the ACTU's don't mobilise advertise approach to work choices. ABC Radio National's AM reported at the time that while the ACTU was planning a multi-million dollar advertising campaign, the Fight Back Conference was called to fight, to resist and to maintain union organisation in an environment that's going to be a very challenging situation. As the then CFMEU Victorian Secretary Martin Kingham put it, the ABC quoted Kane, then the newly elected WA MUA Secretary, noting the hardline unionist Craig Johnson will also address today's conference. Johnson had just been released from jail after serving eight months for his role in militant industrial action. He told the fightback conference that the new Mass Workers Party, a new workers ma- Mass Workers Party was needed to stand up to the bosses' attacks. The conference kicked off mass union resistance. As Graham Matthews reported in The Green Left on the 30th of June 2005, 10,000 workers mobilised in Geelong against work choices, closing the city down. On November 15, that number grew to around 30,000 and a meeting of Geelong union delegates on March 1 unanimously called on the ACTU to organise national strike action the day work choices was enacted. As unions in Victoria, Queensland, Western Australia and Tasmania followed the lead, the ACTU was eventually forced to start organising a series of mass mobilisations later that year at the start of the Your Rights at Work campaign. Council is elected. While supporting the ACTU's campaign against work choices, newly elected Geelong Trades Hall Secretary Tim Gooden, a member of Socialist Alliance, told Green Left that it was too narrowly focused on getting Labor re-elected in 2007. The new Federal Labor Government delivered the Fair Work Australia law, also accurately described as Work Choices Light. As the the class struggle dampened, sectarian divisions within Socialist Alliance began to grow. The democratic socialist perspective, the biggest affiliate, was divided by an increasingly toxic factional struggle. In 2007, the International Socialist Organisation left Socialist Alliance, followed by other small affiliates. The The divisions weakened Socialist Alliance taking attention away from building on the precious links it had developed with the militant trade union current, which itself began to be hit by demoralisation. Kane kept his leadership of the West Australian MUA, but decided to try to restore trade union control over the West Australian Labor Party. Over the next few years, Socialist Alliance made some modest electoral gains in local, at local government level. In October 2009, 
Socialist Alliance member Sam Wainwright was elected to the Fremantle City Council in Western Australia. And in October 2012, Socialist Alliance member Sue Bolton was elected to the Moreland City Council in Melbourne, Melbourne's northern suburbs. Both have been re-elected to their positions and both have set a good example of how to work with and empower local communities. Socialist Alliance gained a third local government representative last year when Rob Pine, former independent Queensland MP for Cairns and now Cairns Regional Councillor joined. Socialist Alliance continues to support Green Left, the only weekly left-wing publication in Australia, and continues to promote independent mass action and left regroupment. It also participated in two unsuccessful left regroupment attempts with Socialist Alternative. The class struggle has its ebbs and flows, but the contradictions inherent in the capitalist system will inevitably bring new political forces into action. There is no guarantee of success in any left regroupment attempt. However, if the left is not to remain isolated in sex, the challenge remains to link up with broader forces in a struggle for system change. Now, Peter Boyle is a member of Socialist Alliance National Executive and has a long-standing and historic role with Socialist Alliance. So I'd like to thank Peter for that recounting of the evolution of Socialist Alliance and the political context in which it happened. And now I would plead with you, listener, if you are not a member of Socialist Alliance, if you're in Australia, please join. The big parties are trying to uh, regulate us out of existence by increasing the number of members you need to be to register. We need to grow our membership and build our strength. So in the play notes, I'll have some links to join Socialist Alliance and I'd encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to do just that. Remember, workers united will never be defeated. Thank you.